Hello and welcome to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I am Michael. And I am Becca. <laughs> and with me is Becca again. Yes, thank you so much for coming back, Becca. Oh, so excited. If anybody's missed the last time, Becca is our resident Pokemon Snap expert. <laughs> <laughs> she came on and gave us her review of Pokemon Snap. Uh, everybody probably knows Christina is off for a couple weeks. She's visiting family. She's traveling. So we uh, we were lucky enough to get Becca to jump in and, and replace Christina for a little bit with me. So I didn't have to do all of this talking completely by myself. So thank you so much for joining us again. Yeah, no problem. I'm, yeah. I'm excited, obviously, and Christina's taking a much-deserved vacation. So, Absolutely. And the dispatch, got to go on with the dispatch. So Absolutely. I'm here, here to step in. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so sorry. Last week, I uh, we went through everything. We had all the notes. We had all kinds of stuff we were excited to talk about. And then I became very sick. I uh, About like literally a week to the day, I, I, I had started feeling crappy on Thursday, getting headaches. Friday was like a little worse, headaches. I don't typically get headaches. So it was kind of weird, but it was just like, oh, I'll pop some Advil. I'll be good to go. Um, and then Saturday I was like, oh, I don't, I'm starting to feel like flu-ish like symptoms. I've had my COVID shot, so I wasn't too worried about that, but it was definitely not something I was feeling good. I had chills. I had the sore throat. I had coughing. I had, you know, body aches. I had the, the headaches. I was like, this is this is not going well. And so mm-hmm. on Saturday, I went into to urgent care and they, you know, they said, oh, uh, oh, and, and offhandedly, I was like, oh, and I have this rash on my side uh, because that was like the least it was. I thought it was just maybe a heat rash or something, even though I don't typically get that. But I was like, well, it has been really hot lately. Maybe I, I was out sweating, working and stuff. Maybe I got yeah. heat rash or something. I don't know. And I said, so I'm, I'm experiencing all, all this stuff. Oh, and by the way, I have this rash. Can you look at that? And I I lifted my shirt and they saw the rash. They're like, oh yeah, you have shingles. I'm like, oh, I'm okay. What's that about? <laughs> They're like, well, you've had chicken pox, right? I was like, yeah, when I was like, you know, a little kid. And they said, well, this is, you know, I don't know. It's the same virus that goes dormant, blah, blah, blah. And now, now it's back. I'm like, okay. So they gave me some medication for that. And uh, I went home Sunday. I woke up for our, <laughs> to record the podcast and I was I was out. I was down for the count. I could barely open my eyes. I was, I was, you know, getting sick. I was, everything was just shutting down left and right. I was like, Beck, I am, I am not <laughs> doing the recording today. So little by little, uh, if anybody was wondering our stream, I didn't do the stream because I was just too down for the count, all of it, but I'm, I'm here now and we're going to be able to, uh, review a lot of what we had last week, which was the, the Indie World Showcase. We didn't even get to talk about the Indie World Showcase. We're like the last people in the world that haven't got to talk to it about it. But uh, so we're going to talk about that, and then we're going to talk about the Pokemon and and all kinds of stuff that has uh, happened last week and this week. So it should be a good episode. Yeah, lots of stuff to go through. Lots so of much stuff. Announcements. <laughs> I fun figured things. If, if Becca's here, we might as well do so much stuff that it'll <laughs> feel like you know it's all just crammed in. But uh, we're going to jump right into it. Well, the first thing I wanted to talk about was that we had an Indie World Showcase. And I would say a lot of the times the Indie World Showcases, for me anyway, I'm, I'm so excited for them. I really enjoy the Indie World Showcases. I enjoy the regular directs as well, but these tend to have such a weird spread of of games and they're like all over the map. So I was really excited what we got. We have a bunch of things that stood out to us. So we're just going to run down the list, call out all the stuff that we really liked. And I think you have the, the, the most checks on the very first one. 
Yeah, the first one is called Toem, um, and that description is set off on a delightful expedition and use your photographic eye to uncover the mysteries of the magical Toem in this hand-drawn adventure game. Um, so I think that hand-drawn look to it is really what mm-hmm. pulled me in. I gave this one two checks, actually, because I'm pretty sure I'm going to grab this one um, and the photo aspect to it. It just looks very cute. It's in black and white. Um, which is a little bit unique. And, uh, you know, I like puzzle games. Mm-hmm. It, it sounds like it's just something that's something you throw on and have a little fun with. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking forward to that one. So you can chat with characters, solve their problems by snapping neat photos. You all know I am a snapper <laughs> Pokemon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and otherwise, um, you know, make your way through relaxing landscapes. So it sounds like it's got chill music, chill vibes into mm-hmm. that. Um, using your photos. You know what? I always say use your camera, not guns. So shooting things with your camera, I'm into that. So that one's coming out fall 2021. Yeah, I gave this one a check. It is, it really is unique in its look. I think the black and white, um, it actually, it's funny. It stands out so much from a lot of other games just because of it being in black and white. And I love, I love the drawing style. I love, I really like the look. It's something where I thought maybe it wouldn't, feels super detailed but when you look at the the thumbnails that they have it's it's great i mean it looks really really pretty really really unique uh so yeah this one's a definite check for me as well yeah now the next one i checked is far changing tide this is a follow-up to far loan sales now i did i've had loan sales checked for quite a while it's in my wish list for i don't even know how long but um this one i think even stands out even more to me because loan sales took place in more of a sort of post-apocalyptic uh desert looking land so you were kind of sailing along on land whereas this one it's all it seems to be uh more of a flooded atmosphere. And if you are familiar with loan sales at all or not, this one's being described as an atmospheric vehicle adventure that follows the emotional journey of a boy in his ship as he embarks on a voyage to find a new home. You're going to overcome the elements uh, as this new protagonist. So even if you did play loan sales, you're going to have a whole new adventure with this one. Uh, And this boy awakens to find themselves alone, stranded in a flooded world. You're going to traverse all over the place and you're going to basically be looking for components that you're going to be able to basically uh build up and uh, and upgrade your ship and you're gonna kind of explore and i i just think that idea is so interesting i love the idea of the sailing and any game that has upgrading and kind Mm -hmm. of adding to something (laughs) is you know any sort of collecting i i'm like a huge sucker for that kind of stuff so i'm really interested in that and it seems like you learn the intricacies and the, the the difficulties of your ship as you go, which I thought was kind of an interesting idea. It's so this is coming out early 2022. I'm definitely excited for it. It actually made me go back and look at the the first one because I if that drops and goes on sale, I really want to pick that up because it's mm-hmm. very it's a continuation of those mechanics at least. And all of that sounds great to me. But I loved the atmosphere. I love the feel of this one. And uh, it made me excited to check this one out. Yeah, I gave that one a check also. Um, it reminded me a little bit of, you know, Wind Waker, like that mm-hmm. vibe of just like setting out, sailing, exploring, which is always kind of fun. Yeah, and it's beautifully done. Yes, it looks great. And I yeah. didn't even know about the other one. So I have that one on my list as well. So when those nice. go on sale, probably going to grab, you know, first one, second one, whatever one <laughs> Yeah, yeah, fits exactly. my budget, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I looked at my wish list 
uh, as I was adding these, I think I have over 200 games on my oh wish my list. Oh my gosh. So it's, it's definitely, there's no shortage of stuff that I want to be playing. Yeah, that's what's great about, I mean, this Indie Direct, like this idea that there's just so many games that indie devs are putting out. Like, it's so exciting. There's no way to play them all, unfortunately. Yeah, no, there's no way. <laughs> or or you'd have to spend probably hundreds, if not thousands, to be able to get all these games at this point. Yeah, exactly. The next one we actually both have checked also is called Garden Story. This one's actually already out. Um, this seems silly. Um, Concord, the youngest grape <laughs> in the grove. Um, capitalized like the uh, what is that an LA shopping center is called the Grove <laughs> but different Grove I assume yeah different is Grove. now <laughs> a guardian and it's their job to help restore the island that's a lot to shoulder for a grape barely off the vine <laughs> <laughs> and more than a few inhabitants are skeptical they have what it takes um, fortunately Concord has friends like Elderberry Rana and Fuji on their side. Yeah, this one just seems fun. I have it on my wish list. It's twenty dollars, so you know, maybe a bit of um bit of a big buy. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that one goes on sale, I might grab that. It it just looks it's cute, it's colorful, it's cartoony. Yeah. Um Concord is a very cute grape <laughs> with a sword. You know, probably gonna <laughs> check it out, see what other people say about it. Um, but yeah, I was kind of excited to see this one too. Yeah, I uh, this I guess this is sort of like an, you know, uh, Stardew Valley slash Animal yeah. Crossing. It, the look of it, there's another game on the Switch called Littlewood. It has a very similar, very vibrant, you know, sort of isometric look to it, which I think is exactly what this is. I, I had to give this a check. I loved all of what you just said about it. I like, I even love that it, the little grape's name is Concord. I think that the, <laughs> the atmosphere of it is super cute and endearing. Um, yeah, without a doubt, it's got a check. Like you said, 20 bucks, eh, maybe a little bit more, a little bit much for me, <laughs> but uh, I'm definitely going to keep an eye out for that one. Yeah, it's got that retro pixelated look to it, yeah. which a lot of a lot of games announced did. And oh yeah, people yeah, like that, it though. I that's mean, that's the go to I think for these indies. <laughs> they all have that sort of look. Yes. Now is I'm not a huge Shovel Knight. I I have I've not really played a lot of Shovel Knight. Um, but this one kind of seems interesting. It actually feels more almost like a mobile game to me where you kind of doing the matching and all that stuff, uh, like a candy crush or a Tetris type game, but this is shovel Knight pocket dungeon. And I like the pickup and playability of this. That's kind of what interested me in getting the check. I went through, it said it's basically your, the way they're describing it is you're entering a world of falling block puzzle games with a dungeon crawling twist. So you're going to bump into enemies, battle them and trade damage in a unique combat system. And it's, all in the Shovel Knight world. So if you're a huge Shovel Knight fan, and there's quite a few of the games out there, then you're probably going to love this as well because it's in that sort of universe that you already know about. It says that you're going to be able to take control of more than 10 of your favorite heroes. So I guess that's cool. Like I said, I'm not a huge fan of that series. I haven't really played any of them. But the fact that this is sort of a pickup play puzzle doesn't seem too crazy. I It got me interested, and that's going to be coming out this holiday. So figure why not? Give it a check. Yeah, sure. I like to have always, uh, you know, at least one of these kind of like pickup puzzle type games. Yeah, yeah you know, because a lot of going. the games I play are like long. So exactly, the fact that yeah. you know you only have five minutes sometimes, it's kind of like, well, I really wish I was playing something, but I, <laughs> I, I'm not jumping into this, you know, this epic game where I only have five minutes. I literally can just check my inventory and I'm like, oh, I guess that's it. 
Um, and that's actually why I picked up. So the next one on our list is Islanders. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually bought that for that reason. So that is described as a relaxing, minimalist strategy game. Um, so it's kind of like you take SimCity or something like that, and you just shrink it down to its very, very basics. Um, it's supposed to be relaxing, colorful, and it is. So I got that to be, yeah, one of those games that I can pick up to wind down for a few minutes, um, play it before bed. Um, and it's okay. It's solidly okay, is what I'll say. In my okay. review. Like, <laughs> it was five bucks, so um, probably worth the five bucks. But for me, I think it was actually a little bit too minimal. Like there's really not a whole lot of strategy to it. So um, you don't have a lot of choices necessarily. So mm. you have like two choices at a time where it's like, do you want to uh, build fisheries or mines or something like that? So mm-hmm. you choose which one and then your next building is chosen for you. And you're basically just like trying to find the perfect placement on these little tiny islands of where you'll get the most points. So there are points based on proximity to other things. Um, and that is really about it. So, (laughs) (laughs) and it's one of those, you just like, yeah, you play it until you aren't, uh, earning enough points to kind of like pass the threshold to the next level. Oh, okay. And then is that, is the game over after that or do you, Oh, it's kind of, yeah, it's arcade style in that way. So you, you play through and until you can't play anymore and then you start over. So you're just kind of racking up points to see how many points you can get. So the way it's kind of talked about is like build your dream island is like, I don't think that's accurate because you're not mm. really. <laughs> you don't have that have much control. Very little to do with like how it ends up looking. <laughs> <laughs> um, but still kind of fun, you know, as one of those games to just pick up and distract yourself for a few minutes at a time. Sure. And is it, are you kind of, I guess, essentially playing to just beat your own high score from the previous island or whatever? Is that kind of what the, is there replayability where you would still be interested or is it kind of almost a one and done? You're like, all right, well, that was cool. For me, it was more one and done for sure. Gotcha. Um, but I know, like I kind of looked on Twitter to see what people are saying and people are posting like really high scores, like much, much, oh, wow. much higher than I got. Um, and there is a sandbox mode, which I didn't play because it didn't seem worth it, but um, you know, for five bucks, if you're looking for something cute to pick up, you know, try it out. Yeah. And plus with that, I'm sure you know, five bucks is already cheap, but I bet you it'll come out where they're, you know, like, oh, it's a 90% off sale. I mean, you can grab this game for a dollar, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. and, it, and from the looks of it, it's really well done. It doesn't seem like a $5 janky sort of game. It's just very simplified, but it's beautiful. Yep. yep. Pretty much. And I mean, if you take literally take SimCity and strip it down, like what is SimCity? You're trying to it's a simulation, right? It's all numbers yeah, yep. behind it. Yeah. In this it's case, the, the numbers, idea. the numbers are being shown to you like more obviously where it's like, well, if you put it here, if you put your your um, house here, it's six points. If you put it here, it's 12 points like oh, that's, that's really kinda, it. It's still pretty cool. I It's funny because I had this. I think it was. um I don't have it on Switch, but I think it was maybe, I don't know, Steam sale or something like that. And I had grabbed it because it was so cheap and it looked cute. It looks nice. I haven't ever played it even on there, but it made me interested to check it out to even see. And I mean, the reviews are are pretty well, pretty high on it because it does seem like it's done so well. So that's cool. Yeah, I think most people liked it more than I did. So take that into account. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely worth checking out if nothing else. Yeah. Uh, now the next one I have, I've always been a fan of Metal Slug. Metal Slug was like sort of this sort of, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to call it Contra, but it was kind of like a Contra type game, this little side scrolling and you're playing these little people and they're shooting everywhere. And it was, it was fun. I remember years and years ago, like when they still had 
you know, like games set up in stores or something and you'd go and you'd play it. And that was the first time I ever got exposed to any sort of metal slug game. And I was like, mm. what is this? And I was playing along. I'm like, wow, this is actually a lot of fun. I ended up really enjoying it, even though it wasn't the kind of game I was typically attracted to. And I had kind of followed along and I know there's a bunch of the the actual games on uh, Switch now. And it was like, oh, maybe I'll check some of those out. But then they just announced this game, Metal Slug Tactics, and they're totally changing I guess the gameplay style they went through, they redrew everything. They, it still has sort of the similar pixelated look, but now you've got that isometric view and it's more of a, a tactical RPG, kind of like uh, I'm currently playing through uh, Fire Emblem or Mario Rabbids, you know, where you kind of mm-hmm. have limited moves and then you attack the player and it's back and forth. It's very similar to that. It looks really, really well done. If you're a fan of Metal Slug in any way, this seems like a new and interesting way of kind of expanding on that that universe. And if you like tactical or tactical RPGs, then I mean, this seems like a great game for anybody, but uh, yeah, I had to give it a check. I'm going to keep an eye on this when it comes out next year. So you got plenty of time to kind of follow along and see what happens with it. But uh, I'm excited to check it out. I haven't played any metal slug games in a while and I'm kind of on this tactical RPG kick right mm-hmm. now. So <laughs> I figured, you know what, let me give that a little, little love. Yeah, I've never played any of those. If you end up playing it and liking it, there's a chance I could check it out too. Yeah. The next one, um, we both have checks for this. It's called Astroneer. So this one's coming out early next year. So this is a game that that can be up to four players, um, and it's identified as an adventure indie game. But that description for it is that it's set during the 25th century intergalactic age of discovery, which sounds cool already to me, <laughs> where astroneers explore the frontiers of outer space, um, risking their lives in harsh environments to unearth rare discoveries and unlock the mysteries of the universe. So this seems really cool because you can work together to kind of build bases. So it seems like there's a lot of like terraforming and moving things around, creating vehicles. So kind of like exploring these, these areas with other people. I guess, co-op, which seems kind of cool. Mm. I liked the look of it more than anything. So, yeah. um, you know, the colors, the the gradients, like it's, I think the, the animation style looks interesting. I mean, it looks like something that could be a lot of fun. So I gave that one a check. Yeah. Astroneer, I've actually played this quite a bit on, I want to say Xbox or something. There Got was a, a couple years ago, um, Mots, Christina, myself, we all did a 24 hour marathon for Planned Parenthood. I think it was like an old. Oh, yeah, thing. that's right. And a bunch of us got Astroneer. I can't remember if we played it on the computers or on Xbox. I think it was Xbox, but we played Astroneer for quite a while. It was funny because we were all streaming it. And then the developer for the game jumped in and was asking us questions on what that we thought of it and all this kind of stuff. So it was really interesting to be able to talk to the, the creator of the game. But it is a lot of fun. I haven't jumped in in quite a while, so I'm sure there's a lot that's changed but i remember it first off it's extremely unique looking like you said like the the planets are all totally different they're all like these weird crazy colors and then what happens is you you sort of you sort of crash land you have this like little pod and then you go around and harvest materials and then little by little you can craft more and more stuff and build out your equipment you can build out your base you can build out your um like vehicles to drive around in and it is a like a survival game too because if you don't have if you're not connected to energy your backpack starts getting weaker and at some point you could just be stranded out there and oh, that's I it didn't, like, i didn't get done. that from the description that's, so I know, that's cool the survival aspect 
aspect. A lot to it. Yeah, there's a lot to it. And you can find other, you know, crash sites where maybe there's some more rare uh, equipment that you could use for building like your little RV. And then once you have that, you can store more stuff on it or you can have solar panels. You A lot of times what I would do is I'd get way out there and then a storm would come and just sort of destroy me <laughs> because you you have to get you have to like get out of the storm otherwise it takes all your life away um really really cool interesting game and i think they've they've worked on it for quite a while so i think the switch would be a an awesome spot to play this especially with co-op that would be a lot of fun yeah that seems pretty cool looking forward yeah. to that yeah absolutely uh now another one that i checked this one's maybe a weird one i don't really know <laughs> Uh, but I like these kinds of games. Essentially, it's called 100 Days. Uh, I guess it's coming out this year, this winter. And it's a wine-making simulator. Now, from what I can tell of the stills, it looks beautiful. It looks like they did a great job. Um, and and you are basically making wine. So you have to like cultivate the land and pick all of the, the I guess, the, I don't know, seeds or whatever you do when you make wine. I don't know yet because I haven't played. So I don't really know how you do it. But oh my gosh, you're going to do- Grace, like our friend it's, it's Concord be from the other game. <laughs> I hope these are not in the same universe. That would be terrible. <laughs> um, but yeah, it looks like it's it's all of the weird, monotonous, like gardening stuff, chores that I don't want to do in real life, but I'm totally okay doing in a video game where you're like pruning your your vineyard back and stuff like that so i i it seems so tedious and weird and crazy i was like i love the look of this i love the idea of this i like sort of these operational games where you have to like set up things and then they sort of get automated and you know the truck picks this up and then the guy brings it over there and then this happens i i love all that kind of crap so i had to give this a check i'm super excited to hear more about this and uh and see what happens get making some wine this winter Michael loves chores games. I do love chores in games, in games. So the next one, so we both have a check on Slime Rancher. Plortable mm-hmm. edition is what it's called. So I give that a check to start. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't totally tell what this game is. It just seems kind of wild. <laughs> like I want to yeah. figure it out. Um, so you you are a rancher, I guess, a slime rancher. Mm-hmm. Um, where you are making your living wrangling slimes. So slimes look very cute. They're just little blobs with faces on them. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, you have to grow crops. So Michael, there you go. Some of your chores. Yeah. Raise, raise chickadoos, um, whatever those are, that you then feed to your slimes. <laughs> so I guess there's daily requests and, and that kind of thing. Um, you can kind of upgrade your slime equipment um, I don't know, Michael, what do you think about this one? I was actually really excited when they announced it because I was watching, I don't know who it was. I can't remember, but I was watching a streamer and they were playing it and it seemed <laughs> like a lot of fun. And yeah. it, at first I'm like, what the heck is this game? And they were like running around like, I got to get my chickadoos to do whatever. <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't know what's happening, but, or they, they were upgrading their backpack. They have like these upgradable things, which I'm always a sucker for, but yeah. it, essentially it looked like a lot of fun and that's all I cared about. So I ran to switch to see if it was available. Cause I was like, this, this is perfect. And it wasn't, it wasn't out yet. And it was only on, I think Epic game store or steam or something like that. Oh, I don't want that. But uh, when they announced this, I was like, yeah, definitely giving this a check. It looks like a blast. Um, and, and I, I, who doesn't want to just go around, you know, vacking up all kinds of (laughs) slime balls, I guess. 
<laughs> yeah, it seems like one of those just fun, goofy games. So now the last one I checked is Eastward. And this one is by Chucklefish, who's done a bunch of other, you know, Chucklefish has a bunch of great games. I don't know if this is the publisher for Chucklefish. I don't think they're, I'm not sure if they're the developer, but Chucklefish publishes a lot of other fantastic games. And this is sort of in that uh, vein of that isometric pixelated, like we were saying, there's a lot of these things going on. The story behind Eastward is that you have to escape the tyrannical clutches of a subterranean society and join Eastward's unlikely duo on an exciting adventure to the land above. Discover beautiful yet bizarre settlements and make new friends as you travel across the world by rail. So the look of it, the feel of it is just absolutely gorgeous. I like that it's sort of set in this world that's about to collapse at any moment it seems like yeah. at any turn anything could go wrong and uh i i don't know I, i'm really into it i'm into the look they don't have a ton of information even though it's going to be out next month i didn't get to see a lot more but it's 25 dollars going to be on sale for 22.50 if you pre-order it right now but it was something i really interested in i gave it the check and uh i think that gives between you and I, I think we've probably got almost half of the games they announced during this indie showcase. Oh checked, yeah, which is great. I mean, that's 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 awesome. Yeah, it is. So that was last week. We got caught up as far as the big announcements. Now this week we ended up getting a Pokemon Presents, which went. I mean, it was like twenty some minutes. It was a lot of Pokemon, and I have got to say, there's a lot of Pokemon that I did not even remember was around. <laughs> like so many things that I didn't even think were still. They didn't even exist anymore. Oh uh, god, they, yeah. They kicked it off with Pokemon Unite, which I've been playing. I've actually been enjoying, but they gave a mobile launch date announcement. This is for Android and iOS, and that's going to be next month, September 22nd. And you can pre-register for it right now. If you do pre-register for it and they get 20 or 2,500,000 people to pre-register, you're going to get the Unite license for Pikachu, which essentially means you unlock Pikachu because you can't use Pikachu right off the rip. And then if you get 5 million plus, you're going to get a Hollowware, which is just like a, a skin for Pikachu. So he wears like this costume when he runs around and it's the, <laughs> the special festival style outfit, um, which is crazy. 5 million people yeah. sign up just for a, a Pikachu skin. That's, that's, crazy to me but so yeah that's what they're doing and then the mobile version will have crossplay, which i think is always fantastic so you'll be able to play mobile ios and android against switch and vice versa which is cool and then they did announce that there's going to be two more playable pokemon coming to pokemon unite uh mamoswine and sylveon so i'm excited for sylveon sylveon if anybody didn't know is an eevee evolution an evolution if you will and i kind of wished so in it, and I maybe you've played a little Pokemon Unite as well, but in in Pokemon Unite, you everybody starts as like the lowest evolution. So you know if you're playing as Charizard, you actually start as Char or Charmander, right? And you go through, and as you level up, they will evolve <laughs> as you go, and then as you go, you learn new moves. So the only what I was hoping is that we would have gotten Eevee, and then based on the move you chose. Because you get it, you do get to choose as you play. Like, do you want this move or this move? And based on the moves you pick as you're evolving, I kind of wish Eevee evolved into a version, a different version of itself. Mm -hmm. And I thought, like, 
Sylvan is awesome, and I could see it being a good counter to probably like Gengar, maybe, or something like that. Because I think Sylvian's psychic or fairy. I'm not sure which one it was, but um I I thought it would be really cool if you got some of the other ones as well. And I hope they do, because Eevee was always one of my favorites in general, just because you got so many options with it. But um that was the only letdown. I was like, oh man, I I, I like some of the other evolutions more, but I guess yeah. we'll take this one. That would have made more sense. If you're doing something with an evolution, why not make it more fun? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. And, and maybe for a game mechanic, maybe it's like, how do you, there's so many, like, how do you plan for that? I guess, you know, because at least this way they have more control. They're like, well, you pick this move or this move. Whereas if you had evolutions all happening from one, it, that compounds the the problem by probably, what, what is there, eight of them now at this point or seven of them at this point? Plenty. Yeah, there's quite a few of them. <laughs> so Pokemon Unite got all kinds of cool stuff. Um, I, I have been playing it, and I will, and I can get into that towards the end, but I'm excited to see how this... I think there's a ton of potential with this game and where it can e- evolve, uh, where it can go <laughs> um, and change as it goes. I think that the competitive nature of it is really potentially... Um, could be really successful. You know, they, they have a really sort of low barrier to entry with a MOBA and they're already, you know, an IP that people know and love. So it's kind of fun to get into it and start learning it. But it, I think there's a lot of potential there. I just wish things were a little cheaper because it does seem to be kind of expensive and a little bit of a money grab. But, yeah. you know, you have games like Fortnite, which were free to start, and they have skins, and people just love, love, love doing sort of customizing to their character and to their, you know, their weapons and all that kind of stuff. I could see this game doing just as well without any uh, paid, pay to win oh, yeah. content. You know, this this could do huge numbers for Pokemon. Yeah, they could just keep adding funny hats or mustaches oh, yeah. or whatever they want, monocles. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so you have all the crap that you could get for your Pokemon, but then you have all the stuff you can get for your your yep. player, you know, and then you have like the battle cards, the player game card that you can customize. So you could have you know, like stickers and whatever you add to that. I mean, they have so many ways of making money for this game that I don't think there needs to be any... Um, like pay to win elements, which they're right. kind of are, you know, they're, they're like really kind of on that line where it's a little shady. But um, I do think that if they, if they refine that a little bit and kind of look at it and say, Oh, we don't really need this. They could have a huge, huge, I mean, they probably have a hit now anyway, we don't have the numbers yet, but I'm sure it's doing really well for, for Nintendo and Pokemon. Yeah. I played it only a little bit. Um, it's not really the kind of game I, like um, sure. but i wanted to try it out just to see i'm curious about their strategy to release it on switch first and then mobile um yeah, it probably legitimizes it a little bit right like it feels yeah. you know more like a real game i mean of I, course we'll we'll talk about pokemon go shortly but like of course that has such a widespread following so i, I, I guess if, it just separates it from that a little bit i wonder if they because that's a good point. I wonder if they thought of it as like a smaller demographic. Not that the Switch is lacking in numbers, but once you open it up to phones, you yeah. know, now you, anybody can play it, right? I mean, there's the market for Android iOS is just crazy. It's got to be, you know, what, three times, four times, maybe more of what the Switch is working with. So maybe they looked at it as like a smaller demo to test it. I don't I don't really know, but I think that's a good point. I mean, why... Why the switch first and not just jump right to mobile? But maybe validation 
too. That's another yeah, good it way. seems like it. And I, I was curious about like the gameplay. Like it's simple enough anyway that it fits in on mobile pretty yeah. well. I think it's going to do huge on mobile. Once that opens up, I think you're going to see, because right now jumping in, there's no wait for any like the, to matchmaking or anything. There's, I mean, there's so many people playing it that you don't wait as it is. So I think you're going to, it's already performing so well that I think once they open up to mobile, you're going to see just, just crazy numbers of people playing it on there. Yep. Speaking of numbers and maybe the opposite of what Pokemon was hoping for is Pokemon Cafe Mix. Now, I I did I will say I did try this game when it first mm-hmm. came out. And this is like a match three type, you know, Candy Crush type game. Um, and it's cute, I it's, guess. Yeah, it's okay. You know, it's Pokemon. It, it <laughs> is whatever. But apparently it's not performing the way they wanted. So it's getting revamped and renamed into Pokemon Cafe Remix. You're going to get all new puzzles. You're going to get additional Pokemon. And what everybody loves, new ways to dress up. So I don't know if that's going to be enough. I I haven't heard... Like, I haven't heard much of anything, right? I mean, it came out, people tried it, and then it kind of just disappeared. And I don't I don't know if it's more it's it doesn't seem like it, there's hate against it, but there do, there's definitely no love for it either. So I don't know if the remix is gonna do it, but I don't know. I've never heard anybody talk about it. I I tried exactly. that too. I like I remember like one day my sister was here and I was just sitting on the couch with my switch, just like mindlessly, mm-hmm. you know, playing. And, but that's it. I mean, I didn't feel like picking it up again. I do have respect for the name Pokemon Cafe Remix. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. <laughs> that's at least um, a little bit more creative than new Pokemon Snap. So yeah, yeah. got to give it to him there. But yeah, it's a, it's a it's a strange game. I didn't I didn't I didn't hate it. I just I think I wanted more. If I remember correctly, like I felt like there was a lot of interesting like the puzzle aspect wasn't challenging, but there was a lot of interesting ideas for strategy, and it just never felt like it was fully sort of realized. And I think that was my problem with it. If it if it felt like there was more intention behind doing something, I would have maybe been more uh, interested in it because then I was like, oh, I, you know, there's some actual technique to playing this game well. And it just never felt like that. And the puzzle itself wasn't that interesting to, to where I just wanted to pick up and play it a bunch. So maybe this remix will hopefully do that. I don't, I don't know. Did you ever play Pokemon Shuffle, by the way? No, I don't. Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I, I may have tried it, but I, I honestly don't remember. Honestly, that's way more fun. And oh, really? It's a free mobile game. It's it's like a one-to-one to Candy Crush where you're just okay. like matching up Pokemon faces. But when you, you get combinations, they do cute little things to wipe out the board and stuff. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't even... There's so many Pokemon. I can't keep track of them all. I know. Um, so then they also got onto Pokemon Masters EX, another game I completely forgot about. And not only that, but it's their two-year anniversary. And they ran down a bunch of the stuff they're going to be doing for it. There's going to be a legendary events. You're going to be able to scout 100 sync pairs at no cost, which I am assuming is sort of like the gotcha mechanic where you can sort of... Um, I guess, roll to see if you get a new character. That's my guess on it from what I could see. Like I said, I haven't been Mm. playing this, but the fact that they said you're going to scout 100, I'm assuming that's sort of the way their terminology is. Plus, they're going to be introducing a new story arc in September. So if you are playing a lot of Pokemon Masters EX, you have that to look forward to. This was one that's, it's not really, it's not really for me. So I just kind of went past it. I didn't even know about that. I know. (laughs) I really didn't. 
They also got into, now we're going to the fifth year anniversary for Pokemon Go, uh, which that is crazy to me that it's been five years since. I know, the, that's the, what I thought. Like that summer that it all came out, it does not feel like five years ago. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but for the five year anniversary, we're going to be getting all new Pokemon starting uh, on the 20th, I guess. And then these are going to be coming from the Galar region. They will start appearing in the wild. And then you will have. Zacian and Zama Zenta. I still don't even know their names. <laughs> no. After Gen 1, I don't even care to learn new names, apparently. Um, they're going to be appearing in five-star raids. So you have that to look forward to as well. I will be honest, I have not played Pokemon Go in a very long time. It's still on the phone, but I just mm-hmm. never even open it anymore. Yeah, a lot of people are, though. I They are. And and I'm always shocked by the numbers. It's, it's staggering. I think, was it last year? I think they had higher numbers than... The initial year, which I, yeah. I know Christina says she sees people walking around all the time because of where she is. But I I mean, I, I it's so hard for me to believe there's so many people playing it still because it just felt like everybody was playing it that first, you know, summer. Everywhere you looked, you'd be I remember driving through cemeteries and there'd be <laughs> other people like all just doing a loop collecting Pokemon <laughs> in these cemeteries. It was crazy. Uh, wouldn't it have been great if there were like Gengar, like not Gengar, I know. But like the like ghastly, like mm-hmm. all the ghost types in cemeteries? If it got to that level of detail, that would have been really cool. I always thought the same thing. With I wish it tied into like a weather app. So if it was snowing, you got yeah. more cold weather. You know, I always wish that they really pushed it and did stuff like that. Like you said, like being in a cemetery and having you know ghost type Pokemon all around and. I think I think if they could if they could push it to that level it would really I, I mean the game itself was game changing in the way that you kind of played and the experience and and being around all those people I've never had a game experience like that and I loved that about it I loved just driving by and seeing somebody with their phone out and being like I bet you they're collecting Pokemon right now. And just being like, give them a nod and be like, oh, hi. I mean, I never like wave <laughs> yeah. to more people while I'm oh, driving yeah. around, you know, because it just felt like you were part of this thing that was happening. And it was so like special and it felt so like crazy to be a part of. But I really wish they had that level of immersion as well. Like at, at this point now, I feel like they could. It seemed like such a perfect use of augmented reality, like yeah. the most perfect use I can even think of. Yeah. Um, yet, most people turned that function off like immediately, like oh, where, yeah. <laughs> where yeah. you could actually see the background on your phone, yeah. um, you know, but there were so many like casual players that first summer, like people who had very little interest in these games prior <laughs> to that, just all kind of like having fun together. And I'm curious to see if, if it, it like has, you know, cause obviously after Pokemon Go, they had, um, what was the remake that came out? It was like the... I don't remember what it was called. Pokemon, I don't know, whatever it was, but it was like, let's go. Oh, yeah, that's it. Pikachu oh, and Eevee. Yeah. And it was kind of like this merger trying to get people, you know, from Pokemon Go world to kind of get in a foot into like their main core game modes. Right. And I'm curious to see if those people have transitioned over to being full on Pokemon players now, you know, like play core, you know, sword and shield type games, or if they just said, you know what, Pokemon Go's sort of the sweet spot. I'm, I'm good here. Uh, um, I wonder what their numbers, if I'm sure there's gotta be some people that kind of were like, wow, I love this whole, this world. Let me get in on this. Yeah. Pokemon go is a gateway drug. (laughs) It is. It totally is. And then they wrapped it all up, getting into some of the big 
heavy hitters with this. So they, they started getting into the Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. These are both 15 year later remakes. I actually had uh, Diamond. So now maybe mm-hmm. I will play Brilliant Diamond because I don't think I actually ever finished it, but they did give some more updates on it. They showed the trailers a little bit more, which I think it actually looks great. I know there was some pushback on the, the visuals of it. I thought it looked beautiful. Um, both games will be updated and faithful to the originals. You're going to have all kinds of the original mini games. So you'll have the Pokemon Super Contests, the Underground with the Dowsing minigame, and then the Secret Bases are going to be in this. Um, players will also be able to customize the trainer's outfits, which I don't think you could do before, and the Pokeballs, which I thought was kind of cute. You basically put all kinds of stickers and crap on the pokeballs but when you throw it and your pokemon comes out it just adds a little effect so you'll have like these little like confettis and shooting out and like fireworks so i thought that was like kind of cute you can customize the games i I like anytime you can do any sort of customizing especially when it's your player skin because i always felt like you know that makes it more you that makes it more like oh this is me running around catching pokemon um so Mm -hmm. i'm excited i thought it looked good i would definitely try out brilliant diamond i think it made me a little bit more excited for these games uh, i thought that, i thought it looked really nice oh and they announced a new switch light to go along with this so they're going to be launching this aside uh, alongside pokemon diamond and shiny pearl and it's going to have dialga and palkia on the back which is i'm going to say quote inspired by a nintendo <laughs> ds design <laughs> it's literally stolen and copied it like no thought went into this this new yeah. switch like a lot of people were like come on man nintendo <laughs> are you sick would you just have extra decals and you stuck it on a, sw- oh, a gray yeah. switch like why isn't it why isn't it like a nice pink and blue like the like the game covers and you know i felt like they could have done so much more to make this 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 special edition look interesting but uh, they decided not to, I guess. Yeah, it, yeah, pretty kind much. Of a letdown. Now, did you play either of these when they first launched? I did not. I had a DS. I didn't have these games, mm-hmm. um, so I don't have nostalgia for that era, like at all. Like I was in college, totally. Yeah. Trying to be a cooler person than this, then. Um, <laughs> and then failed at it. Yeah, yeah um, so, so that got me back. <laughs> So I didn't play those, but I, I know the gameplay is just similar to basically the entire line of yeah, the, yeah, the mainline games. Top and down. I always like them, so yeah. you never know. I I don't, I think I played, you know, I was huge when they first came out. It was like, whatever, red and, and even maybe yellow when Pikachu version came I out. I had yellow. Yeah. So like all of those were really cool. And I love that, you know. Pikachu was kind of hanging out with you and stuff. And and I played those and I, I played Emerald and then I played a few others. And I think Diamond and maybe, what was it, XY or Black, I don't know, Black and White. Like, I, I feel like I've owned them all and yeah. then maybe just didn't play them, right? Like, I was owned a bunch of them and I never had any... I never knew what was cooler than Pokemon. That was never something that I was like, no, this is right in my wheelhouse. I am 100% dork. I'm going to be that guy. Yeah. But I just don't think I, I, they didn't have the, the, the spark for me that those first couple did when I was like, man, this feels some, this is great. And I just, I don't know. I always liked them, but I just never completed any of them. So I think Diamond is sort of there with those others where I got far and then just for whatever reason, picked up something else and never, never actually finished it. But I love the look of these. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll try it. I don't I'm not sure. 
And then they got into what everybody was waiting for, uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus. I believe is the official. That's what we're going with. I think it's RCS. I could be wrong. Um, but they showed off the new battle system. Uh, when the battles begin, this is this is a, kind of a huge difference than what we've ever experienced before. But you can run up to the Pokemon and initiate battle. And instead of picking sort of your 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 battle your attack type, you you basically pick. Um, the style that you want. You can either go with a strong or an agile style and those decisions dictate which specific moves you're going to be using. Mm -hmm. So if you run up and maybe you decide to go agile, you're not going to be hitting super hard, but you may be able to get two hits in for the one hit that the Pokemon you're going up against will. So I think that's kind of a really interesting change it could be it could be awesome if they really introduced a lot of strategy in this and i'm hearing some talks that people are thinking oh this may be going back to like an actually difficult yeah i don't want to like pokemon this may be a challenging more strategy based rpg pokemon game which i would love i would absolutely be into that 100 percent. so that's that's cool i'm really into it i love this sort of Breath of the Wild open world yep. look that this game is going for now. I think that is 100% the right direction to finally get into. And I just hope it's um, like a more realized version of the wild area in Sword and Shield. I think people thought that was an interesting idea, but it didn't really pan out for yeah, expectations. No. Um, so maybe this one will, right? I hope. It looks a little... D- d- I think it still kind of looks a little rough and maybe that's because of just the demand of what they're trying to do with the game. Like mm-hmm. maybe the graphics have to take a little bit of a hit to, to run. Uh, it, that's not a game cha- like break for me. That's not something that will turn me off, but it does kind of feel like it needs a little more polish. And I don't know, maybe that was just my take on it, but it seems a little rough. Yeah, it definitely does. I and I know a lot of people are criticizing the graphics on Sword and Shield too. Yeah. Um, I don't mind that really, and it, maybe mm-hmm. it's just because it's the IP I'm already familiar with. So I, yeah. you know, I'm not being pulled in by how it looks at all. Um, but I I have high hopes for this game. Yeah, you know, we might be a little disappointed in the end, but I hope not. I hope this actually is more of an open world feel. Um, I like that there is more to it than just the the catching and battling. So there's also mm. like, uh, there's also a research component to it, which I'm a sucker for. So mm-hmm. you can get research assignments and try to kind of like collect information in the field. Um, hopefully it works better than it did in Pokemon Snap, where you can actually <laughs> complete the request um, <laughs> and understand how to do that. But um, it seems like it's going to be fun. Yeah. It's, it's funny that you mentioned because I was excited for all that stuff too. It actually seems like a role-playing game now. And I love the idea of, you know, you're catching a Pokemon and if you see it use bite X amount of times, that gets a check in your yeah. your logbook. And I'm, I'm like you, I'm a huge sucker for like having these checklists and trying to get something and being like, okay, I just need one more whatever of seeing it do this and I can finish this whole entry for this Pokemon. And if anybody's not familiar with the game yet um this is like the prequel this is the start to pokemon apparently there is no you know pokedex that you're filling out you are making the pokedex so it actually seems like it makes sense now in the terms of 
I need you to go out and collect Pokemon so we can document them because mm-hmm. there isn't one. Whereas in all the other games, you're essentially building a Pokedex that already been built a billion times before. So it's kind of like, well, why don't, why don't, why don't, why am I doing this? Whereas this one is your, you're doing the first one. And, and I think that it makes it even more exciting. I love having the checklist and the uh, the objectives to complete. Uh, and those are all like little things that I'm like, oh yeah, this is going to be a lot more fun. I think also it showed that you can maybe like sneak through the grass and like throw a Pokeball, like without going into that battle mode mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> where you run into a million Zubats was the old yeah. thing. Yeah. And um, I think a lot of people, they were saying like you, you could essentially go through the game without engaging in battle <laughs> so i thought that was yeah. kind of like if you hear you hear you have a pokemon game where you're not catching or fighting pokemon that could be kind of crazy and weird and i think you're going to see a lot of people that are trying to do that right just because it's an added challenge like can i that's like oh, saying yeah. i'm going to play subnautica and try not to swim right it's right, like exactly. what can i get away with in this game now i think that's fun I'm, i have high hopes i'm trying to keep it in check but i have high hopes for it and i'm excited to see what we get we did see from the trailer that you can ride Pokemon in this one. Yeah. Um, the the Weird Deer, which I guess is one of the new. I, I'm not familiar with that if it already exists. No, I think that's one of the the Weird Deer, and then the uh, Bosco Legion, I believe, is how you say it, which is a new evolution of the Bosculin, and that's like the. It made me think of. Um, Crap, I can't think of the Pokemon, but the one that evolves from Magikarp. It made me think of of that riding it around in the water, and it looks Gyarados. Yeah, yeah. And it made me think of like riding that around. And so the weird ear I thought was awesome. I hope we get a like a Rudolph yeah. <laughs> like seasonal version of that just because it would be <laughs> awesome. Um and then they had like the what's the new region? Hisui, I believe is the His, new region. Hisui. Hisui region. And this is the Hisuian Growlithe. And then you also have a Hisuian Braviary that are like the Growlithe is like this big fuzzy looking version of it. It's got like the sheepdog, you know, hair in its eyes type looking Growlithe. So it's cool that we're going to get some other stuff. I, uh, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm excited. I think that this trailer has me more excited than the last one did. Oh yeah. I truly, I love that the weird deer is named weird deer. Like like these professional Pokemon namers. You know what would be a really fun game, Michael? Hmm. If we showed each other pictures of like newer generation Pokemon and tried to guess what they were named. That that would actually be a really fun game. I would love that. And because you know we don't know any of them. So it would be really fun to hold up one and be like, that's called a and see if our name is is good as or better than the actual name of the Pokemon. I know Bidoof and I know um, Garbodor is the the literal garbage trash bag. (laughs) Those are names that somebody's kid, they were like, hey, so-and-so, they're like a 10-year-old. They're like, what what would this be called? Oh, that's a Bidoof. Oh, okay, yeah. No, that's a good name. I'm going to go with that. So yeah, definitely some, I will say though, what I saw of the Pokemon and I'm assuming some of them obviously are new. They look like what I want Pokemon to look like. It's not like a, uh, you know, there was a stretch there where there's like a lot of generations that they just hit a wall and they were like, I don't have, I'm going to just do a squiggle and we're going to turn this into a Pokemon of some type. I don't like when they have like these like human 
traits. There's a lot of them that started getting into the human trait Pokemon. And I, those are always disturbing to me. So I, <laughs> I like seeing sort of animal based, you know, Pokemon. That's kind of where those first generation, second generation, that was my wheelhouse. That's what I liked. And when it starts getting too crazy, where you're just like, no, it is was that like, thing? like household objects. Yeah. Like the trash terrible. bag. There's like a light bulb one. There's yeah. the ice cream cone where you yeah, know they like were the just candelabra one. No, there's yeah, like they're just weird looking ones. around the room at that point. Like, oh, how about that? Yeah. How about, well, how about is, a, yeah, a light switch? Coffee mugaka. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> be like, I ran out. I know we needed another hundred of these, so I'm just kind of grabbing stuff. Oh. This is this is vacuum. And um <laughs> <laughs> so b- believe it or not that's we managed to get through all of the big big stuff for the week we do have a couple other fun stories that we're going to run through we know that this is a uh w- w- what did you call it before we started it was like a super duper dispatch uh, or something like that double, double dispatch. dispatch yeah this is basically a double dispatch so you're gonna get more news from us maybe if there's an intermission if you need to take a break on your on your commute you could t- you could pause this now oh, that is such a good idea <laughs> and then we're gonna get into all of the other rest of the news especially this first one that becca's gonna oh give us oh my god well listen to this everybody <laughs> <laughs> Um, So this was news out of Super Nintendo World in Universal Studios Japan in Osaka. So if you have seen what that looks like, first of all, it looks amazing. I really want to go so badly. Um, But what it looks like is it's like a bunch of Mario platforms surrounding you in this theme park world, right? Um, Where there's different levels of platforms with all the classic Mario characters, um, you got Yoshis going around. This is like a, a ride where you just sit and ride in a Yoshi on a track. Um, you've got your Goombas, which apparently took a tumble a couple <laughs> weeks ago. So there was a tower of, I think, four Goombas. And what they do is they kind of just like shuffle back and forth a few different ways, kind of like mimicking the the real old original Mario games. Um, and they fell over. <laughs> oh, man. So those are on approximately like the third story of this entire spectacle. And they just toppled um, and landed next to the Yoshi ride. So people are like sitting in these Yoshis and, and a Goombas fell down next to them sometime on August 9th. So nobody was hurt, um, but it did kind of put a hold on things as they had to investigate what happened. I guess it had been a windy day. You would think that wouldn't be enough to to knock over part of the landscape you would hope Um, you would hope that's (laughs) not enough but it did um and twitter user at ta 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 seven 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 four seven eight nine zero that sounds like a bot by the way (laughs) yeah yeah definitely sounds like a bot (laughs) um shared a clip of the park staff kind of picking up this really heavy looking goomba tower and just like carting it away you know like nothing to see here folks (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and people just sitting in their yoshis yeah it did it's so heavy that you wouldn't think wind would knock it over yeah I mean, there was in, in the video, they're showing like four people carrying this thing. It's quite a few. <laughs> it's not like, oh, yeah, the foam. Oh, great. You know, it yeah, looks no. substantially like weighted. Yep. Um, so I haven't seen whether that was fixed and put back on <laughs> the side of the wall here in, in Super Nintendo World, but 
I think it's funny to me because reading through these articles and it was like, oh, don't worry. It fell into an area of the park that's inaccessible to people. It literally no. fell like a foot from like somebody in the car is what it yeah. looked like. And it was just like, that looked pretty accessible. If that thing, because I believe that, <laughs> that that stack of Goombas was like kind of going back and forth. It was on like a track, if I yeah. remember correctly. Yeah, it just kind of like wiggles back and forth. A little had that wiggled another foot over on its oh, track, yeah. it would have come down on the carts that are part of the ride it was just like holy smokes you guys you may want to revisit the rest of the the stuff in the park if you rushed it out and the the goombas are falling off after i mean half of the time that's been open it's been closed because of covid it's like this thing should not be coming apart already next thing you know like piranha plan is gonna (laughs) topple over and crush pedestrians We reported way back in, I think, May. This had been going on for a while, but back in May, a court granted 2.1 million uh, judgment against ROM Universe, the operator of ROM Universe, Matthew Storman. And if anybody remembers, they had pirated Nintendo games and they were kind of like putting these out there for people to download these ROMs and they would pay them as a service and then get these ROMs. And obviously it was super illegal. Um, But Nintendo was denied a permanent injunction that would forbid the site from ever doing it again. And the main reason the courts said, well, you know, that shouldn't be an issue is because Stormit had already taken the site down and the courts felt like, well, this isn't going to be a problem. The site's down. It's not going to be an issue. But Nintendo asked the courts to reconsider because, especially because Stormit has hinted that ROM Universe could have a potential comeback. This guy is just a glutton for punishment. His, <laughs> I mean, if you follow the story at all, this guy's kind of a jerk anyway, because he's, he's said a lot of like his story has just kind of gone back and forth and the blame has been shifted a bunch of times so he seems like he's all over the map you know the courts are now saying not only do you have to dis- pay that money but you also have to destroy all of the pirate nintendo games that you had um and you can never operate the site again so mm-hmm. that means that the it prohibits rom universe from operating any copy distribute sell or even play unauthorized copies of nintendo games it also forbids them to use any of the logos any in a, in a confusing way so like if you went to the site there was nintendo stuff so it felt you know you could you could look at it and say oh this must be affiliated with nintendo they don't want that happening at all if rom universe ever opens its doors there is to be nothing nintendo related there can be nothing that confuses it and if those games aren't destroyed by now actually it was on the 17th that it'd be destroyed by um they i guess there's another lawsuit i'm not really sure what they do after that but yeah so paying millions destroying all the roms and can never operate the site uh like this again Oh my gosh. I only knew about this because of you and Christina talking about it a little while back. That's crazy. (laughs) It's just so interesting. Like if you compare it to like the music industry where like this guy now sounds like, like in the music industry would be like the hero of like, Mm. you know, Napster or whatever. Like like, Napster, yeah. (laughs) Like Lars Ulrich of Metallica is like the old timey, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like way out of touch bad guy in the situation who has yeah. since lost and looks like an idiot for like fighting so hard against streaming. Um, but this, I don't know, is it's feels different somehow. Mm-hmm. But similar, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, in this case, it seems like well, we've had this kind of this dilemma with with games. I think we had the discussion when we were first talking about them. And this guy was blatantly making money 
yeah. off of Nintendo, which obviously that's crossing the line. You're, that's course, where they're yeah. you're like you're stealing. But I'm not intrinsically against ROMs because that's there's sort of a cataloging, there's sort of a historical documentation aspect of it. You know, there's there should be a way if Nintendo doesn't, and I feel it's way with movies and stuff too. I mean, if I'm paying for Prime and Netflix and Hulu and what are whatever other Disney Plus and all these streaming services, and I still can't get a damn movie that I've been trying to get, and I'm going through all of these hoops. There's other ways that you're going to do it. And and I think people are more than willing to sort of go along with that and and do and jump through the hoops. If Nintendo came out with their own ROM service that they could, you know, you could pay to, I think people would do it. I don't think they would have a problem oh, yeah. with that. They want access to the games. And I don't think they're saying, oh, it's got to be ROM universe to do no, it. Not they at just all. want it. It's just an expectation that consumers have at this point. And yeah. like and, the and, fact that Nintendo doesn't just. I mean, they have done a lot, you know, with the Switch mm-hmm. and the, the eShop, but like not everything, okay? And no. I would pay like a couple bucks for all kinds of games I had on N64 just yeah. to have them again. I mean, th- this is a perfect example with with Met- Metroid Dread coming out. There's there's four other games. This is the fifth in the series. And a lot of people, especially now, are looking to play those four other games. And unless you have like two or three consoles laying yeah. around – you can't do it. You can't play it on the Switch. So it's kind of like a, a case like this where you would say, you know what, I'm just going to go to ROM Universe and and play all the games because Nintendo's just not making it there's available. no other option. Yeah. There's no other option. So I can understand where they don't want this guy making money off of them. And, you know, if there was sort of a lending service, because there's, there's weird, we got into it a bunch where there's like these where loopholes where... If you own it, you can let somebody borrow one version of it. So if if they had physical copies of 10, um, let's say Mario Brothers, just for example, 10 physical Mario Brothers games, and you had 10 ROMs that went along, there were companions to those. If you held on to it and let somebody borrow, like a library, check out one ROM, that's a one-to-one. And in theory, based on some of the, the laws, that seems like it would be okay. And I'm sure there's loopholes and there's language in that would need to be sorted. But why couldn't Nintendo do something like that where maybe I'm paying $10 a month, $15 a month to ex- have access at your library? You own you own the contracts on these. You own the copyrights. I would gladly pay, but there's – I don't know. I think Nintendo has the right because of what this person's doing, but I do think they should also have the obligation to be better for um, customers. Right. I mean, I think they yep. they know that they have these games that people want and you're just not making them available. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of evolutions, as we were earlier, Espeon is now available through Build-A-Bear. So that is the um, weather predicting psychic evolution of Eevee. Um, so through Build-A-Bear, this plush comes with a five in one sound chip a cape and a sleeper for $65 or $40 without that cape or sleeper. The sleeper is like cute little pajamas. Everything's purple, cute. My thing about this is that's expensive. Yeah, <laughs> that's I very expensive. I thought that the whole Build-A-Bear thing was like the in-person experience of going through whatever ceremonies <laughs> they do to like, <laughs> you know, bring your Build-A-Bear to life. Mm -hmm. Um, so by ordering online, I don't really get the appeal so much, but if you do, Hey, now you can get Espeon for your build a bear collection. I assume you have. Oh, so you can't even, 
you can't even build this thing. So I, I feel I, like no. That's kind of a bummer. <laughs> like that's what I would want. Or you even know? if you can, I mean, we're still in a pandemic, so I yeah. don't know if people are really doing that. That um, must be their workaround. So you could just order it pre-built. And but I thought there was like I I agree. I now I'm not a big build a bear. I don't know a lot about build build a bear to be <laughs> to be honest. Um, but I I'm I like I said I love the evolutions. Actually, Espeon's one of my favorites next to Umbreon, which is like the dark. I always thought yeah. that one was really cool. Um, but when I saw that, I was like, oh, this is really cool looking. But it is super expensive. I, I, <laughs> I that's a that's a hard sell right there. Well, it's but I, it's only forty dollars if you want it to be naked. If you want yeah. to clothe it, it cost it's gonna cost you twenty five big ones. Wow, it's like an actual <laughs> shirt. It's like a real clothing. Yeah, these are like tiny pieces of purple fabric for yeah. twenty five dollars. For for an extra twenty five, I want a matching shirt that I can oh wear my around gosh. to match my Espeon, <laughs> and so we can look super cool together. Oh my gosh! It's like um, kids do that with American Girl dolls, where you can match oh, you your match. American wow. Girl doll. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess what they could have what would be really neat for Evie. And again, it's going back to the evolutions. What if you had like a Build a Bear Evie? But you know how I, I, I it, you may not remember, but there used to be these. I, I can't even think of what they're called, but it used to be like this this stuffed animal that was like a ball. It would make a ball, but you could like open it and flip it inside out, and it was like a little bear. I, I can't remember. Oh my what god! The, yeah. And then you would like wrap it back into itself, and it, would it like was like a little, cute version, and then like a yeah, like a mean like, version. It would be cool if they had Eevees that you got. You bought the Eevee, and then it was kind of like you you could open it, turn it around, and it turned into an evolution. This needs to be a two for one where you could. Sort Sort of have espion I, I know they got all kinds of junk and chips inside of them that you can't do that but it would be really cool to have like an eevee that you could you know you could buy it and um and maybe this probably gets into a, like a little gotcha area but maybe you buy the eevee and then you don't know what it's going to evolve to and then you open oh. up you're like oh now i have an espion or i have this one or i have that one i think that's part of the it'd be like a real life uh pikachu be cool <laughs> that would be um the probably pound- super expensive at this point Pound puppy business model of, yeah, do you remember those? Like yeah. you, you didn't know how many puppies this thing had until you reached inside it and pulled yeah, them out. Pulled them all out. You're like, oh my gosh. Until it birthed either like three to five <laughs> puppies. You're like, I only got three on this one. Yeah. I, want, I want more. Yeah. But yeah. Pretty interesting. Little, little outside my price range. But if I guess if you have somebody that's a huge uh, Espeon fan, this would be in your wheelhouse. If you, yeah. if you go to the Nintendo store down in the city, they have a ton of these like plushy EV illusions that you can buy. There's some really cool ones there. I mean, they got a bunch of Pokemon in general, but they have a ton of the different ones. And it, they're probably cheaper, but then again, the plane ticket to get or the train ticket to get there might be a little bit much. My um, sister I know has this Umbreon that she t- it's like her ride or die. Like <laughs> she oh, yeah? got it when she nice. was younger. She is now an adult, but she um Still yeah, still kind of takes it takes it with her. <laughs> nice. I mean, it's trips. a cool one. I, I I'll give her that. At least it's a cool one. So <laughs> <laughs> now there had been a ton of rumors floating around that Grand Theft Auto is going to be coming out. There's a remasters coming out, and we're going to get it on the Switch. This was a rumor that Kotaku put out. They said that in all likelihood we're getting Grand Theft Auto Three, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, and Grand Theft Auto San Andreas remastered using Unreal Engine coming out 
And I think that's awesome. I think having, they, they did say it's a mix of new and old graphics, which I'm interested in how that's going to work. Yeah. But I, I do think that this is a really cool idea. Um, I would probably, unless they price it crazy, I would definitely play these again. It's been so long. These were some, Vice City was one of my all-time favorites of all of them. It was just so weird and quirky and fun. Oh, yeah. um, but I would be interested in hearing more on this. They are saying that Rockstar Dundee is leading the development and they're you know, known for doing like Crackdown 2, 3, and they assisted on the development of Halo, the Master Chief Collection. So they're, they're, they've they done stuff. They were scheduled initially to be released earlier this year, but because of COVID, that got all pushed back. Then they were saying maybe late October, early November. So everybody was getting excited. But now there's an update coming out saying that potentially these will not be out until next year, which, okay, I guess, well, whatever. I mean, it's all a rumor, so who the heck knows if we're getting anything. But the idea that these are coming out, that they're going to be packaged together, which would be cool. Um, they are saying that it may only be sold digitally, which I know collectors are going to have a tough time with. But I I would probably play these again if it's priced decent. I don't, I don't have a huge thing for going back and buying games full price for games I've already played. I don't really want that. So if this was like a crazy good deal or I see it on added to the wish list and then it's like half off, I would pick it up. But um, I, I think Grand Theft Auto on the Switch would be cool. I think that, you know, there's a there's a market for it. Yeah, I think that's a really big deal, actually. Not yeah. only that they're getting remastered. I know like a lot of these were so popular and just such part of like the cultural lexicon of you know, oh, yeah. PS2 era life. Um, but that they're available potentially on the Switch, like that's surprising and cool to me. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would, I'm excited to hear more on this. I wait, you know, obviously we want the official announcement and there seems to be a lot of smoke around this fire. So I'm. I, it's probably true. It's just a matter of when and timing and all of that jazz. But um, I think these would be awesome. And like I said, if they price it great, you know, don't go too crazy. Don't go with a switch tax like they do sometimes. Yeah. This could be a huge bundle that people want. They'll, they'll snatch it up. I mean, people... They'll, they'll snatch it up regardless. But I, I just think it'd be nice if it's priced fairly for a game that's, you know, got some time on it. It's not like yeah. it's a new game. That gets us to best sellers for this week. And we it's mixed up a little bit. We got in the number one spot, Stardew Valley, followed by Among Us, then Minecraft, Axiom Verge 2, Zelda Skyward Sword, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Skyrim. Christine will be happy about that. Mm-hmm. Um, Super Mario Party, Slime Rancher, which we, there were just we go. Uh, and then rounding out the top 10 is Super Smash Brothers. And like we said, there was a bunch of games from that Indie Direct that were like announced coming out today. And those all seem to be moved up uh, on our top 30 list. So they didn't quite break the top 10 yet, but in 11th place is Quake, in 14th place is Islanders. Thank you, Becca. Uh, mm-hmm. In 18th place is Garden Story. And then in 24th place is Boyfriend Dungeon, where you can collect uh, boyfriends, I guess, as weapons. So, a little weird. Intri- yeah, a little weird game. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I watched the trailer. I'm like, what is this game? But uh, And it seems like it's got some controversy. There was all kinds of stories about one of the guys that played the weapon getting like punch of pushback because he's such a jerk. And Ooh, boy. I'm like, oh, boy, I'll stay right out of this whole Boyfriend Dungeon <laughs> category so yeah a little strange game but there you have it now that gets us into new releases we're into this week and again we have so many games 
to talk about. This is definitely a double dispatch for everybody listening. Uh, I get the first check and coming up August 25th is Murder Mystery Machine for $20. You are going to explore crime scenes and complex dioramas, organize your evidence effectively and blur the lines between right and wrong to present your case. And do you have what it takes to be a real detective? I saw this and I thought this looked really interesting because I like the... um, sort of the attention to detail. I remember playing Batman and they had the detective mode and you had to like walk around looking for clues and stuff. And this is basically just that it's just Mm -hmm. walking around looking for clues, interviewing people. Uh, and I, and I like all of that. So I thought this looked really, really well done and I'm excited to get some more information on this one. This is from, uh, I guess the BAFTA winning production company, Blazing Griffin. And I went to their site, nothing that I'm super familiar with, but they seems to be their type of game. Like they do really well written, really well produced uh, TV and film and video games that are dealing with sort of crime and mystery and stuff like that. So I thought that, that I thought this one was interesting enough to give it a check for $20. Yeah, that one did look interesting. I didn't give it a check, I think, just because I've checked so many other things. Yeah, and it didn't quite make the cut. <laughs> um, but that mystery, I mean, interviewing people, that seems like a, a cool dynamic to it. Yeah, especially for you. I mean, you interview people all the time. So I feel like that would I you, do. you'd be able to <laughs> that'd be right in your wheelhouse. I do. Usually I'm not trying to solve a mystery. Actually, probably <laughs> never. <laughs> never maybe the mystery of how to design something better, yeah but, exactly um, yeah so the next one we actually both have checks on this one it's called the magnificent truffle pigs so if you're wondering yes that is something that takes place in the uk <laughs> <laughs> um so this is a first person metal detecting narrative game is metal detecting a genre i don't know about <laughs> i i didn't know about it but so, I, it seems to be a huge uh <laughs> Maybe that's what truffle pigs are, I guess. Maybe so those truffle were those people pigs, are called. Truffle pigs are, are actual pigs who like they use their little nose snouts to find truffles. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. So I guess, I, I don't know. So metal detecting, truffle detecting, I don't really know. But so I guess this combines that kind of like exploration, um, metal detecting, like looking for things with a strong interpersonal narrative. Hmm. Um, I just thought this one looked cool. I liked the style of it. Um, Mm -hmm. It looks like it's something that could be a lot of fun. Um, You know, it's single player. It's, it's the, it's genre is adventure, um, which tends to be kind of, you know, fun exploring, kind of uncovering the story um, that's happening. The story, I guess you play as Adam, a sharp witted, but compassionate man returning to his childhood village of Stanning. There he'll help a woman named Beth on her mission to unearth a local treasure. As cracks begin to appear in Beth's fairy tale plan for everything, you'll delve into her history and discover all may not be as it seems. So a little mystery there as well. Hmm. Yeah, and the the trailer for it definitely seemed to have something that was off. Like something happens, and that's what hooked me. At first right. I was like, okay, it's just you're kind of walking around collecting or whatever you're doing. Seems relaxing. And then once they started hinting at this sort of strange story that's when i start getting really interested that's when it's like oh what where's this gonna go you know and sometimes it goes great and other times it's kind of a letdown but all in all i thought it was interesting as well i was like oh this i i'm this is i'm intrigued you got me yeah i hope the story is compelling um yeah sometimes they are sometimes they're not so we'll see 
it reminded me of sort of look and feel of Firewatch. When I played Firewatch, it was very similar to this, where it has this sort of beautiful atmosphere that initially starts off relaxing and kind of, you know, you're just kind of walking through the woods. And then this this weird, twisted uh, story starts to happen. And you don't know if all of a sudden you're in a horror game or an yeah. adventure game. And that I like because you just don't know what you're going to run into. And because that had that similar feel with this one, I was like, yeah, this I am at least at the very least want to give this a check because I loved, loved, loved Firewatch. So this one, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping maybe 12 bucks seems reasonable, but it says that you're supposed to be able to play this in like a night. And, yeah, uh, I really was drawn to that because yeah, it's like a movie. It seems like they I want like you to, to do kind that, of experience you know? this. Yeah, yeah. So I'm into that. I think I would maybe let this go on sale a little bit for me, but the fact that I know it's like I'm going to sit down, I'm going to play this start to finish, and be able to enjoy it. Um, I yeah, definitely, definitely want to check it out. Yeah. Now the next, I guess, two that I have checked uh, come out same same day, August twenty six. It's Spelunky and Spelunky two. The Spelunky is ten and Spelunky two is twenty. And if you're not familiar, these are these are older. I mean, I I know this name and maybe I don't know why I've never picked them up in the past. But Spelunky is a unique platformer with randomly generated, fully destructible levels that offer a challenging new experience each time you play. You're going to journey deep underground and explore fantastic places filled with all manner of monsters, traps. And treasure. These remind me so much of SteamWorld Dig, which I absolutely love. SteamWorld Dig 2 is just a phenomenal, side-scrolling, funny, sweet, charming game. And these kind of have that vibe to me. And that's why I wanted to give them a check. The look, the feel, sort of the way they're describing it as kind of like digging and things collapsing and happening around you is very similar. So I want to check them out. I've heard great things about Splunky and Splunky 2. So there you go. I give them both a check. And you can play multiplayer on those, I guess, right? Oh, that's fun too. That'd be cool. I wonder if uh, everybody runs around at the same time. Like a yeah, I wonder. I wonder what that's like. That could be cool. Yeah, definitely. So the next one I put a check on this for some reason, it, like excites me more than any of the others. And it's so simple. So it's called Green Phoenix. Um, so this is like an arcade style on rail shooter, um, but it's it's built as having a narrative experience. So immersive storytelling as part of that, you know, you're in a spaceship moving through an environment and shooting obstacles in your way. So this says it's a deep narrative experience that focuses on the concept of ego and the meaning of freedom. So I don't know how that presents itself at all in this game, but I'm really interested to see. It's only 349. Hmm. Um, and that's available August 26. I, it's, it's funny that like, that's a pretty heady description for something. When I looked at the picture, I'm like, <laughs> I would not <laughs> pull from that, but well, cool. I agree with that. And the, the story, the, the meaning behind things, sometimes that's done so well in games. Mm. And sometimes like you're saying, it's really not like sometimes yeah. I'm like, you know, a few hours in looking up what the story is and being like, I don't follow this at all. Like, yeah, it just kind of came apart. They yeah. maybe had good intentions, but it just didn't happen. And the next one I also have checked. It's called Eternal Hope for $8.99. So this is a puzzle platformer game that follows the story of TB, a boy who must embark on a journey of love and hope to find his beloved's soul. So this is another one. <laughs> Where maybe the uh, background story is good, maybe the meaning behind it's good, <laughs> seems promising, maybe not, you know. 
Um, <laughs> we'll find out, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Another one worth checking. I mean, again, these are priced pretty well. I mean, nine bucks if, you know, I think that's right. Anything under 10 is one of those games where you're willing to just give it a try. And this one looks really cool um, with the colors and the contrast. Um, The pictures that are shared, it's like a a black platform or like a black foreground and then like a lot of blues and purples in the background. Um, So just the vibe of that might be cool. Um, And I, you know, I like some of these puzzle platformers a lot. So it's kind of like, yeah, probably worth giving it a shot and seeing. Yeah, absolutely. The next one I checked is also, I mean, the 26th was like the heavy day for the week for games coming out. And I checked Secret Neighbor. It's normally going to be $20, but it's on sale for $18. Now, if anybody's familiar with any of the other games, Hello Neighbor, I think there's a couple, Hello Neighbor, whatever. But um, they're they're stealth horror games where you're like, I, I believe you're breaking into the neighbor's house because you think they're up to something and you're kind of sneaking around and hoping they don't catch you. Well, in Secret Neighbor, the neighbor is part of the group that breaks into the house. So one person, it's kind of like Among Us. Yeah, right. So one person is the bad guy and you don't know who it is and you have to set up traps and try to eliminate the other neighbors that are sneaking into your house. I think this is a IP that fits perfectly for that game's style mm-hmm. and uh, made a lot of sense so it was smart for them to to do this yeah those games stress me out so i don't play those (laughs) (laughs) especially when you are the bad guy did you see that fortnite is releasing a version of that mode i did see that yeah i did see that they're doing something similar as well i guess the among us uh devs are have been like not too happy about it which i can completely understand yeah totally yeah So the next game um, I have checked, it's another one of these narrative puzzle-driven games. It's called Inked, and it's it's hand-drawn in how it looks, so that's very cool. I'm always kind of a sucker for these games that look a little bit unique and cool. It looks like like ballpoint pen drawn, Mm. Um, so and some watercolor, so a little bit different from a lot of the other styles that we've seen. But in this game, um, it's a tale of love and redemption told in ink on paper. So you play as the nameless hero who sets out on a journey in a vast landscape filled with puzzles for you to solve. Nice. So each puzzle, I guess, I don't know how this will show itself, but each puzzle takes you closer to your lost love, unraveling a story that will forever change you. So that's a a big promise. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, that is a big promise. (laughs) But we'll see about that. So that it's $9.99. That one's available August 27th. I think it just looks cool. And again, I tend to like this kind of game. There's a lot of them to choose from right now. So I don't know how to prioritize them. Yeah, Um, it does look cool. I will say that I love the style of this one quite a bit. And it's funny, like we're seeing more of these hand drawn games. I that that's a big payoff, though, the story that will forever change you. Yeah. It's like, whoa, I don't know. There's very few, very few of those. Um, I don't know. Maybe Inked, a tale of love is one of them. It's up there, you know, Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. So the last one that we have checked on the list is coming out August 27th. It's Baldo the Guardian Owls. This has a very, very Zelda Breath of the Wild vibe to me. Um, If if you're kind of waiting for, you know, Breath of the Wild 2 to come out, this could be a good maybe filler. I'm not sure yet. 
but it's being described as a journey through a magical land teeming with mysteries, mysteries to unravel, full of challenging puzzles to solve and intricate dungeons to explore. So familiar, right? I mean, we've heard <laughs> yeah. this. Um, you're going to discover new towns and their distinctive inhabitants, fight ferocious foes, locate hidden temples, and collect objects, both magical and mundane, to obtain powerful new weapons or to help unveil the myriad secrets of this strange land. So it's not that it's a crazy, and I'm not saying it's a ripoff necessarily, but it's definitely inspired. It's it's definitely looking to Breath of the Wild or Zelda games as an influence. It's $25 and it does look good, but it's a tough sell because I knew I had seen this somewhere. I couldn't figure out where, but Apple Arcade has this $5 a month and you can have access to this game. So- I mean, that's, you know, that's what, five months of Apple Arcade to play all of the games on there, including the, or you can just buy this one. So it's like, I hate when I see these games come on that I know I've seen on Apple Arcade and they're charging, you know, two months or five months or, because that's how it always pops in my head. Now, granted, I would rather play this with a controller most likely, um, but if you have Apple Arcade, you can play on your computer and sync a controller to it so yeah. it's kind of like if you really wanted to a lot of the times what i do because i have been paying for apple arcade and because i have seen this trend happening quite a bit i use apple arcade as sort of a demo version so i'll try totally. the game yeah. see what it looks like you know what i mean see if it's any good and then if it's like really worth it where if i'm playing along i'm like ah this needs a controller um i'll i'll at least put it on the wish list because these games drop so much you know the price of them but uh yeah when it's five dollars a month and this is 25 dollars, it's it starts to get into that area where i'm like oh man that's that's a tough sell yeah. but it does look cute so i don't know i'm, I'm hoping to at least get a demo and try this one out or try it on the arcade because it hasn't launched on any of them yet in the um so we we're still waiting but i, I will try this out for sure I do want to circle back to how it said collect objects, both magical and mundane. Like, mm. I just love the idea of collecting mundane things. Like, <laughs> it's like, oh, finally, I found that spatula I've been looking for. Oh, yeah, yeah. My chapstick. <laughs> yeah, my chapstick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that gets us to everybody's favorite segment in the show. What you playing? Becca, why don't you tell us what you've been playing? I know you got a couple games that I'm actually super excited to hear about. So, Oh, yeah. Um, so I've been really busy with work for a few weeks, so I haven't been mm. playing as much as I wanted to, but I have been playing a lot of Outer Worlds. Um, so this is a game I started months ago. So just like we were saying, we like to have, you know, pick up and play puzzle games mm-hmm. <laughs> on on the roster at any given time. I also like to have some kind of like RPG um, that you can kind of really sit and get into for a few hours at a time. So for me, that's been Outer Worlds for a while. So if you're not familiar, that game came out a few years ago, and it's it's actually set in an alternative future. So it's very like um, retro sci-fi looking, um, but in its timeline, U.S. President William McKinley was not assassinated. <laughs> so as a result, so like Teddy Roosevelt was never president. So. Hmm. What that means in this case is that um, the large like corporations were never broken up. So you're in this outer space world at this point in the future where everything is run by these mega corporations. Um, so they've like colonized space and like just wreaked havoc everywhere. So hmm. 
I think the concept is very cool. Originally, I got it because I was looking for, you know, an RPG that was not as massive as like Breath of the Wild or Skyrim, yeah. like something that felt a little bit more like you could do manageable. It. You know, yeah, yeah, totally. So this was on sale. It might still be on sale. I feel like it's always on sale um, for like half off um, in the e-store. So I picked it up. It is ported. Um, as a switch game and it's not the best in terms of like graphics i will say so (laughs) Mm. like the performance is pretty rough but i think it's a really good story i love this retro futuristic world where you're walking through like a space city and there's um these ad drones and um, Mm -hmm. vending machines doing these like old timey mascots and jingles um, that just sound like a little bit creepy, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, And there's so many side quests to do. Like there's always something to be doing and leading you into the next thing. So I find that really easy to kind of like get into and, and play a lot of. So there is a sequel coming out. Um, That is more likely to just be like a Xbox exclusive because obsidian made this game and they were acquired by microsoft um so we might not see that one on switch i'm not really sure um but yeah i've been having a lot of fun with that one that's awesome because that's one i've been watching and had my wish list for quite a while and i'm really like everything you've said about the story is exactly what i love and i was just super hesitant i guess with the getting it on the switch and i didn't know if it was like broken or if it was just (laughs) something where you had to kind of like you know like just kind of like oh well that's that's the switch right you just kind of get over it and just deal with it but i didn't know if it was i wanted to see what your thoughts were if it was something where it was like actually worth playing i definitely think it is i mean like the world building everything is worth it um Mm -hmm. you know the loading times are forever so it's like you know, try not to die because yeah, you're going <laughs> to be stuck. You're going to get up, you know, make yourself some tea, come back and <laughs> it'll have loaded. Um, it does like weird things where um, like if I'm walking toward running water, like the sound effect just like pops in and pops out depending on <laughs> yeah. how close I am, you know, that kind of thing. Or it like, it like jitters and then like be slowed. Like all of a sudden they like yeah, load in like, front oh, of no. you, all of that stuff. Um, and the characters look absolutely awful. Like they look, <laughs> they look that great anyway like i at one point i looked up a youtube video of like a side by side um and on switch they are worse but like they aren't that they remind me of like how the people looked in those like point and click pc games of like the year 2000 yeah um but the acting is really good for those characters like the voice acting is good so it's like you know you can get into it and look past those things if you want to play it on a different system do that Yeah, but it fit because I had the same thing with like Witcher where I kind of kept going back and forth back because I, w- I wanted a game that I was going to, you know, I knew I was going to love it and I don't want to play sort of a, I don't want to make huge sacrifices to be able to play it mobile. But after all was said and done and I played this game, I'm like, this, this was amazing. Like right. there was, you know, and there's people I'm watching on YouTube and they're like, oh, do not play it on the Switch version. It is just garbage. It's this, like I thought it was fantastic. I mean, I obviously it's going to look better on like, you know, a next gen system, but it, it looked great. It was just, it's like one of the best looking Switch games I've ever played. So, I mean, I, I guess it's all opinion too, right? I mean, you're going to have are yeah. some people worth like some people just don't overlook certain things. Like I, I'm not somebody that really sees, I've said it before, I, like frame rate drop, unless it's a significant drop. 
I don't see it. I I don't know. I, I don't sure. pay super attention to that kind of stuff. I mean, it would have to be chugging at like a five, you know, FPS or something. But you know, I think it's I think it's fine. I mean, like especially games like this that are big that take time. Mm-hmm. I don't have other ways to play them and actually complete them unless it's on my Switch. Oh, exactly. Yeah, you being know? able so to take just, it on the go. Yeah, take it on the go it's when, worth you're, it. when you're getting in bed to to fall asleep that you go like, oh, I can at least do a couple quests real quick or you know, something yeah. like that. That's what I that's how I play games. That's the only times I get. Yep. Same. Nice. Um, I've also been playing a couple newer games a little bit. One of them I picked up was it's called Where's Samantha? So that came out, I think, last week. Um <laughs> it's a cute little game. So it's one of those um platformer puzzle things there is Uh a a plot to it so you're a swatch of fabric named george um and i so the all of the environment it's like a side-scrolling platformer the environment everything is it's like um fabric and buttons and thread and Mm. i'm like a sucker for that kind of thing like anything that's like paper mario or like uh what is it yoshi's woolly world (laughs) yeah that's what it made me think of uh yoshi's crafted world when i saw the trailer for where's samantha i thought the same thing i'm like oh this is beautiful it's so cute. Yeah. yeah. Um, the game is really simple. Um, like there is a plot to it that I don't think really matters <laughs> so mm. far. I, I'm not, I haven't gotten that far into it, but um, you know, you're, a, you're a swatch of fabric named George and your love Samantha has like floated away in the wind. So you're trying to <laughs> find her. <laughs> and there are like, after you complete each level, it's like the, uh, you know, the book opens and it reads like part of the story to you. And I'm going to, I'm not even listening. Like, I don't care. Yeah, it's like but, I, this isn't what matters to me. Uh. <laughs> not in this case. It's not life changing like that other one was. <laughs> um, but it's cute. It's fun. It's one of those games. Again, you can just play for a few minutes at a time. Um, the mechanics so far, in terms of getting through the puzzles, has been like you're one swatch of fabric, and you can like divide yourself into two or three different pieces. So if you're the big fabric, you're heavier. Um, and if you divide yourself, then you're lighter, but you can obviously split up and do things to try to like flip switches or like weigh mm. things down um, to kind of get through to the next part. That's cool. So pretty simple, pretty cute. Um, nice. I forget how much it was. It was it was on sale, though, which is why I ended up buying that one this week um, to try it out nice. um, since Islanders was a little bit of a disappointment to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and the last thing I, I actually tried a demo of the game Road ninety six. Um, oh, so I, I downloaded this demo too. I'm excited yeah. to try this. Yeah, so the demo it's pretty short, but it's very replayable. So the idea of this game is that it's the year 1996. So that immediately I was like, cool, on board. Mm-hmm. Um, and you are in this fictional authoritarian country, and you're trying to flee for the border. Um, So it's a mix of like almost like cinematic scenes where you might be like riding in a car or something and you can look around you and interact with like whoever you're in the car with. You can select like multiple responses you want to do or different actions you want to take. But based on what actions you choose, there's just like so many different outcomes. So it's one of those games where you're like meeting different people and learning different stories and in the end there's different outcomes. So I think it's one of those games that's – very replayable um so i haven't bought the full version yet but i did really enjoy the demo i think i'm gonna go for it and um buy it at some point um nice the cost i remember is 1996 which is cute 
Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Makes sense. I like when there's actually some, you know, thought behind the the pricing. That was that's cute. Yeah. So I do I do recommend that one. At least try out the demo, see if you like it. Yeah. Anytime you got any demo, you gotta. I mean, we've said that a million times. Just give us a demo for this game. Like, let right. us try it. It's like you have to be able to play these. So I I remember they I think they announced Road ninety six maybe during the Nintendo E three direct, and I thought it looked crazy. Like the the trailer of it looked really interesting. It was you know con- kept showing like different scenarios for stuff, and that was really intriguing. It was really something I wanted to play. So I'm excited that we get to at least try it. And like you said, the replayability of just the demo alone is kind of cool. Um, and then for the price, it's you know if you if this is a game you can keep picking up and going through a couple of times to see what you're gonna do, that's that's absolutely worth twenty bucks. That's that's awesome. Yeah, seems like it. The music's cool too. It's all like inspired by like '90s music, which is totally my wheelhouse. Yeah, I'm, I'm into <laughs> that for sure. That's so. I downloaded that. Haven't had a chance to to play it yet. And I downloaded uh, the WarioWare um, game. There's a demo for that as well. So I'm excited to try both of those out now that I'm kind of up and on my feet a little bit. And even though I haven't played a ton of stuff um, between last week and this week, I did. I've been playing Pokemon Unite occasionally. I haven't, I've kind of fell off of it a little bit, but I do plan on firing it back up um, and, and seeing if there's any updates and seeing what's going on there. And I finally beat Witcher 3, which was a huge, like this, I've been playing Witcher 3, I think uh, off and on, obviously not consistently, but off and on probably for, she's a year and a half, maybe, maybe two. I don't even know anymore at this point. It's been so long. I've got over <laughs> 230 hours into oh it. My it's gosh. like my second longest playing game on my switch. Um, and I thought it was, I thought it was fantastic. A lot of your choices matter on the overalls in, in the moment, but overall in the game. And I didn't know it was to that extent until the end. And there's, I think I read 36 possible endings that you could get now some of those are very minor there's there's ultimately probably like nine that you can get but then you know depending on so-and-so died or if you save so-and-so or whatever but those are more minor but there's three main things that can happen in the ending it's it's like uh one of the main characters can either like live or die basically one of the like what happens to the government in the in the world you know are they become like are they uh suppressed or are they free now or whatever mm-hmm. and then there was something else and all in all like based on all of the possible ending combinations i was extremely happy with the ending that i got so i felt good about that because it's if i hated my ending based on some of the decisions i made you know what what do you do because like they show the way the endings are and they show like kind of how that person got to where they are i mean these were choices that were being made when i was 40 hours into the game so it's kind of like if i didn't make a choice that i felt was right there's you're not going back you know what i mean that's it you're stuck with this ending and so i thought that was really interesting and really just like crazy to me to think that it was based on everything you've done throughout the whole game it was just a phenomenal story phenomenal game i didn't do every single like side quest i'm not a completionist in any way but i did exactly the amount that i was comfortable and you know happy to do like just because maybe i was riding the horse and i bumped into somebody and they're like help me and you go on this two-hour side quest that you just because of somebody randomly happened across and i thought that was fantastic i just there was there's dlc in these games that are better 
story and more engrossing and more interesting than games that I've bought. And this is DLC, like 25 hours of DLC in one, one of the in one of them. And it was just like the story was could have been the game. It, it was that fantastic. And the locations are so beautiful and lush. I like I, I would have a tough time finding another game that I found as beautiful on the Switch. And so much so that when I get around to finally hooking up my my I have an Xbox Series X. I've never even hooked it up. Once I get around to hooking it up and, and playing it, I know on Game Pass, Witcher 3 is on there. I'm going to play again, maybe not all the way, but just to see it again, because I, I just loved the environment so, so much. There were times I, I was on stream and I had like uh, like Christina and some of the other people that watched us on stream. I was like, oh, I got to show you my my Witcher character before I get around to being it. Cause I knew I was getting close and I'm just walking around. I'm like, Oh, you got to see this. It, it's a greenhouse. It wasn't anything. <laughs> it was just like a random spot that I was walking through the city one night and not even doing anything. I just was really taking in the city as if I was walking in real life. And I found this greenhouse and the, it was nighttime and the moon's coming through like this sort of warbled glass and there's butterflies flying around in it. And it was just like, who does this in a game? You know what I mean? Like you may never, ever, ever see this greenhouse in this game and it's just there existing. And it made me think like what other crazy, beautiful, interesting little spots are in this that I've never even seen because I just didn't explore it enough, you know? And I, I just really appreciated everything they put into it. And uh, it was, it was a blast. I couldn't, I couldn't have enjoyed it more. I was really happy with it. Yeah, and that's then, great. Yeah, it was just oh man, it's so rewarding. And then the the I I because I finished that, I was like, okay, I'm done with Witcher and I was done with Subnautica. I'm done with all of my big, you know, games. Um I decided to now I can commit to Fire Emblem Three Houses. I've owned it since it came out and I've never been able to play it cuz I just had like Animal Crossing going and Witcher going and just too many big games. So now I'm playing Fire Emblem Three Houses. I've never played any Fire Emblem games before. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm new to the whole, I guess, genre. I mean, I've played Mario Rabbids and it's very similar, I guess, you know, that's what Mario Rabbids probably was influenced by, but, Mm -hmm. um, I'm really enjoying it. I think it's really, it's, it feels like Harry Potter because you're in these three houses and you're talking to the kids and you're like trying to get them to join you on your team. And you're, you're sitting down having tea and like, you're, you're like cooking together because you're trying to build these relationships. And then if, if they like befriend you enough, they'll be like, Oh, I want to be on your, in your house now. And then you can use them for battle and send them to die basically. So I'm trying to befriend everybody so we can go to war together. Yeah, exactly. But uh all in all, it's it's been really really fun. It's really interesting. I I'm excited to pick it back up, but because I was sick, like the idea of even picking up the Switch was not something I want to do. Especially if you're not playing Fire Emblem on the computer or on the TV, the type is super small mm-hmm. and just thinking about reading any of that was just making me ill just the idea of it. So maybe once I'm now that I'm getting back to being a hundred percent, I can start playing fire emblem again, but uh, all in all, yeah, some, some good games, some big accomplishments and uh, I'm, I'm excited for more. Yeah. Congrats on finishing three <laughs> after all this time. Yeah. And, and congrats on getting through this, this extra episode. This is like the craziest, <laughs> longest episode ever. Um, I'm, I'm happy that you were able to join us. This is so exciting. And I think maybe next week you'll be able to be back again. I think Christina is still out on the road. And if you're available, you're obviously more than welcome. If you, if you want to write 
to us at Nintendo Dispatch, please, please do go to nintendodispatch.com, hit the contact button, feel free to write us, uh, tell Christina that you miss her, tell Becca that you're so happy she's on the podcast, ask us any questions that you would like. We'd love to hear it. If you want to watch us, you can go over to twitch.tv forward slash Nintendo Dispatch. You can watch a stream. We typically are streaming throughout the week at any given time, but um, obviously this week and last week has been a little all over the place. If you want to chat with us, you can do that. You can go over to Twitter at dispatch podcast or you can go to discord and our info for that is on the website and uh thank you again becca for being on the podcast this week yeah thanks michael yeah absolutely and like every other week except for last this has been your (laughs) nintendo dispatch (laughs) 